It's a hockey show for you, the best fans in the AHL. Comets Insider on 94.9 K-Rock. Presented by IBEW Local Union 43, by Hobby Hill Farms, and by Pathfinder Bank. It's time to go top shelf at the 72 Tavern and Grill. It's Rain Man and Scoop. I'm a little gingery, but I have no hair. And my favorite on the Utica Comets is with us. We're glad to have Stefan LeBlanc back with us. Well, let me get you started on a few things uh, Comets related. Third and North Division, 54 games in. Scoop, 29-23 and 263 points. A little separation now against Belleville. However, Friday, a big win on the road. In Belleville, the CAA Arena. Of course, the return of the mayor of Utica, Darren Archibald, because, of course, he had to score. He seems to do that over the second time in two seasons. Arch is back there. But I'm more concerned with what we did. And you know what we did? We scored first. Yeah, first time in a while. And it's been a while. It's been a trend, four or five games, where the Comets have just gotten off to a slow start. And guess who assisted on Seamus Malone's first goal of the game for the Utica Comets? Uh, it's this guy sitting right yeah, over here. Yes, it was. He's, he's not on the back line anymore. He's been playing a lot of wing lately. I was going to introduce you as a defenseman, but you're really... In all, intense, yeah. all intents and purposes. How, how crazy is this? And you're doing great at it. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's been nice. I've kind of impressed myself a little bit. Uh, I haven't played forward since I was in my teens, I think. Uh, I think it was the trip to Cleveland. Cully kind of came up to me and just said, hey, uh, we need a forward. Do you think you can play? And I've been rolling with it. It's been like a month now. I've been practicing at Ford. I'm getting the swing. I'm getting in the swing of it. So it's you, been fun. You are though. It's not just us observing that. Others have observed that. It's got to be just fun. It is. It, yeah, it is. Because it, it's so different. Because you're not like when I'm not the first one back in the zone, like in my own end. I'll be the last guy coming in, and it just feels so weird. Like you're, the defensive responsibility is just way different. To just. It's, you kind of play with no pressure on the wing. The wing's got to be the easiest position. <laughs> We're going to pass that along the next time we got a winger. But have you ever been out there at some point in this stretch of games and said to yourself, literally have to check yourself and go, wait a minute, I'm not on D right now. I like, yeah. No. That, thought has, that exact thought has literally been in your brain. I think the first four or five games, yeah, I was, I was second guess in every play I was making. I didn't know if I was making the right play. I'd come back to the bench after making a play that was fine and be like, am I in the right spot? Am I doing the right things? But it's definitely different. I got to work on my ozone for sure. It's a, it's, it's just it's a trip, man. You don't see it all the time. Blue's a guy that's done that on occasion. We've we've talked about. I think he had a little bit more experience, but when you've been done it in years and years and years, it's a, it's impressive, man. And it's been a need on this team. So next man up, that's where you are. Going to playoff push now. Yeah, I mean, you guys got to perform. There's no excuses. Nobody feels bad. Nobody's going to go, oh, they got a defenseman playing up on the front. You got to win some hockey games. Impressive effort against Belleville. Your overall feeling with the team after that win on the road? Uh, I think that was big for us. I think we were we've been in a little slump. Uh, I think we've been playing we've been playing well, but like you said, we just we get behind in games and we feel like we're catching up. So I think it was really big for us to to get that first goal. We we wanted to play with the lead because we're comfortable playing with the lead. We've just been chasing games, and uh, hopefully we can get back to that. The fourth line brought a lot of great energy to that game, and God, you guys just get out there and you stir it up, you hit guys. And they're not ready for it a lot of times. Belleville 
tries to counter that. They're pretty good at that. But you guys got out there, set the tone so early in that game, that fourth line. Yeah, I think we, uh, we've we tried to just have fun out there. I mean, uh, I, we got Dyson Stevenson, who's he always likes to run his mouth, and he's a pretty tough guy. So <laughs> we have fun with it. We enjoy being, being that line that'll just be in your face. And I think... Uh, Cully's been really good. He's he's matched us up against. Uh, I think he, he feels comfortable when we're out there. We're not we're not really giving anything up, and we're getting in guys' faces, and we're getting hard on the forecheck. And I think that's all he really expects from us. How satisfying is it when you make a nice long pass to Lucas Shasik and and watch him stream in on goal and score? It, it, because you're that's starting to happen for you now. Yeah, uh, that was actually that was different for me too because they put me on the PK as a forward. So that was a whole nother ball game for me. But um, yeah, that was that was one of the easiest plays I've ever made. I think I got <laughs> I think the forward fanned on the pass across and I just had a clear lane for him, but it was nice. I gave him I gave it to him a little bit when I saw him. He didn't score on the first shot. I said I I was really hoping you were gonna score, but he buried the rebound, so it was all good. <laughs> Stefan LeBlanc is with us here, Utica Comments Insider from the seventy two Tavern and Grow ninety four point nine K Rock. Uh, got a lot of people in here. I think they're looking for some BOGO wings. It's scoop and rain. Next up for the Comets, the Rochester Americans on Wednesday. And then on Friday, Comets take on the Toronto Marlies, your former team. And I bring that up not so much because of that, but because the retro jerseys, the old Vancouver Brown yeah. jerseys, I know you've seen them. And it was weird because I'm a Rangers fan. So back in 94, I'm watching the Stanley Cup, and I'm like, oh, those things are so hideous. They're ugly. But the nostalgia aspect has, has got me now. And yeah, I like the Utica patch on there, and they've, yeah. they've done some nice things with it. And they've, they, you know, it's, it's the Comets in the, in the skate logo, and it just, it's, to me, they're a thing of beauty now. Are you hyped to wear those? Yeah, I'm really excited. We got to the rink today, actually, and we had our black helmets and our black gloves, so we're inching to it. I think we wear them on, on Saturday. Is, Is it, it Friday? Sa- Is it I think it's Saturday. I think we put, wear them Saturday and Wednesday. Let me dig through. Next week. Uh, Scoop will go with the next question. I have it written down somewhere. Let me verify Well, that it's, it's Toronto. Uh, it's, it's this weekend. It's sure. Toronto on Friday and Laval on Saturday. It looks like. And then uh, you are, it would be uh, Rochester again on uh, the following Wednesday after this week. You, so, you make the trip over to Rochester again. I apologize. I stand corrected. You're right. It is the Laval game on Saturday because we're on the road against Toronto. It's when we return home on Saturday. There you go. There was some great effort uh, Friday night, and, you know, Belleville has been, gosh, uh, winning so many games. They stretched out that lead. That I think they lost... Two out of ten, maybe, and then they had a seven-game winning streak, I think, before that even. And so th- these games, they get increasingly important in terms of the playoffs and, and they playoff lost, seeding. They lost Josh Norris, too, right? He was their leading scorer. He went, he, went up, he went up to Ottawa. To Ottawa. It was just a great effort, and now that's something, obviously, another good team in Rochester awaits you, and you want to duplicate that effort. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, any divisional game is a big game at this point. I think you can see in our division, everybody's pretty close. Um, everybody's catching up with... We, we had... Every team had games in hand on us throughout the whole year, and now it feels like we're finally getting games in hand on teams, which is nice. We can kind of see what, what they're doing, but any divisional game is huge. Rochester, I think it's been pretty back and forth this year. I think our record's 500 against them if... I think that's what it is, but I mean, uh, it's it's definitely big. Every game this this entire weekend for us is is huge. It's been a lighter load schedule wise as we've gotten into February for you guys because there was a lot of it was a eight games in eleven days stretch, isn't that what we had the math out to? Yeah. So it's, it's a nice chance. 
I've noticed, you know, a lot of guys getting healthy. Uh, a lot of guys back on the ice. Wacy's one of those, for example. But that's a great thing. Is like I said, we're heading into a playoff push. It's just nice to see the guys back out there on the ice. Give the team more options. Yeah, let guys take a day if they're a little bit banged up here or there. It's a good thing. I think David Pope's the only one that wasn't in practice this morning, if yeah. I'm correct. So uh, that pulls well for the future. No, nobody in the no contact jerseys. Yeah, today. You, you love to see that. You're getting healthy at the right time. I think is the old expression. Yeah. No, it was really nice. I mean, I think the whole month of February for us has been really good because mm-hmm. we haven't had too many games and we've had a lot of guys pretty banged up. So it's given us, given our injured guys a long time to heal. And uh, yeah, like you said today, I think we had 26 bodies on the ice. Everybody in contact jersey. So it's fun when everybody comes back. It, it makes it more competitive because everybody wants to get in the lineup now. So it's uh. It's definitely exciting. Do you know David Ayers? I actually do. Yeah, I shot when I played in Toronto last year. Yeah. When they would give one of our goalies a day off, he would come out and be our goalie. So, and he's a great guy. So I'm really happy for him. Kind of crazy how it all went down, but for him to win it in Toronto, being an e-bug or whatever it is for Toronto and practicing with that team, I can't even imagine what, what he was going through. So let's be honest here. He beat the Toronto Maple Leafs for Carolina 6-3. Gave up the two early, kind of quick, but then he settled in, and the boys were like, listen, we don't care, man, how many goals you give up. Just have fun with it. Just roll with it. He's got to be a pretty decent goalie. I mean, it wasn't like you just beat him with every shot, right? Let's assess his game a little bit since you, you fired on him before. He is. He's, he's got an old-school stand-up style, so it can be it can be weird to shoot on him because you don't really know where to put it necessarily. I mean, he's a, he's a big stand-up guy. He's a big guy. Yeah. He moves pretty well for for his age and everything like that, so... I mean, I was really impressed with what he did. I couldn't believe it. Once I saw the first two go in, I kind of thought, oh, no, what's going to happen here? And then he settled right in and was able to get it done. Scoop and I were talking about the fact his wife was awesome on Twitter. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was fantastic watching her react to everything. And she just had a blast with it. But, I mean, he had a kidney transplant about, what, 10 years 2004. ago? 2004. And to sit and turn around, get that opportunity, but then come away with the victory. Wait, it's so weird. He's out there with the Marley's mask on yeah. and everything. For the Canes, and you got to think of he's a Zamboni driver for the Marlies, and that connection to that team, he's probably a Maple Leafs fan. I mean, I assume he is, and then he's got to go out there, he's got to play against them, and then he beats them. It's just the craziest story. i gotta, I got to dig through it here. And so I found online they had his itinerary from Sunday through today with media appearances based on that. You know what's a big deal? I always joke with Scoop about if, if Mrs. Rain, if my wife sees it on Good Morning America, it's crossed over from right. the sports world to pop culture. And that's if a sports story is that big, that's how she finds out about it. If she's asking me about it, it's huge. So he's on with Matt and Myron. This is Sunday. Matt and Myron, which is ESPN Radio. Then he does a CBS-CBC interview. Then a media scrum postgate. NHL and NBC live remote during the second intermission of the Capitals-Pens game. On TSN at 3, Globe and Mail at 7 p.m., Wall Street Journal, 7.15. That's just Sunday. Monday, Pro Hockey Talk, 7.30 a.m. Today's show on NBC, 8.10. Golik and Wingo, ESPN Radio, 8.30. Fox and Friends, 8.45. He's done nothing but media for like... <laughs> I'm not even close to done. DA Show, CBS Sports Radio, 9 a.m. Sports Center, ESPN, 9.35. Trade Center with TSN which it was at 9.35, or excuse me, 9.50. Then the Dan Patrick Show, then the Dan Lebitard Show, CNN World Report for sports, Adam and Joe, which is a rally station in North Carolina, and then he got a flight 
to Raleigh, North Carolina. That was his, that's his past two days. Wow. That's what, crazy. What do you think he was doing a couple days before that? He went into work and he was <laughs> <He's> driving <laughs> the Zamboni. Resurfacing yeah. the ice. Can you imagine something like that? I really can't. I mean, when I saw it, I knew who it was, so I was kind of taken back by it. I was like, oh, I've shot on this guy before. But, uh, no, crazy. Really happy for him. I mean, uh, that's just a storybook ending to that. Uh, Stefan LeBlanc is with us here. It is Utica Comets Insider on 94.9. K-Rock presented by IBEW Local Unit 43, Hobby Hill Farms, and Pathfinder Bank. Bogo wings tonight at the 72 Tavern. Uh, scoop and rain, of course. Uh, want to ask you about the uh, increased offense now. You, you know, it took you a while. Now you're settling in. You're like you had a point the other night. Uh, two shots on goal. And you are now, I think you've turned the corner from that, like that, that stretch where you were talking about the first five games. You're just trying to figure out, am I in the right place? Now you're actually getting assists, passing the puck. Do you feel entirely comfortable uh, in the offensive role? Or, or are there still those moments where you're kind of like, uh, okay, am I doing that right or not? I think, I, I think I'm finally starting to get, get used to it. I'm getting used to forward checking. One thing that I'll say that is way better being a forward is getting on the forward check compared to getting forward checked on. Yeah. Because I love going in <laughs> and hitting guys, and getting hit is just absolutely no fun. But, um, no, yeah, I think now that I feel more comfortable in the offensive zone, I'm starting to make plays. I'm, I'm kind of starting to settle down. And I've been practicing a lot at Ford, so it's been like a month or so now. So I'm finally feeling comfortable. Wait, so, t- t- go ahead. So now when you go back to defense, because that's happened too. Yeah. Um, no, that happened mid-game. Against, and and uh, then you've got you've to like, okay, reset your head, you know. And how, so how strange is that? Um, I don't, it's actually not as bad as you would think. I mean, I've played D my whole life, so I think that comes natural to me. It's... I think it'd be weirder starting at D and then going to forward. But okay. I'm really not sure. I, this whole year kind of has been a whirlwind for me, and I'm just kind of going with the flow right now, and it's what, just how I'm doing what, it. You, look, look at this smile. He's, he's, <laughs> he, it seems like you're loving it. I'm having a really, I'm having a lot of fun. It's, it's been fun. It just, I think it just shows to the depth of our team that it's uh, kind of a next, next guy up mentality, and uh, yeah. I think a lot of guys have embraced it, not just myself. So take us back. What? Can you recall what instance, what game, when you got to pop somebody on the four check and deliver a hit as opposed oh, to take one? I think it was my first game for sure. And you were like, yeah, I'm not in Kansas anymore. This is good yeah. stuff. Oh, I, I'll be skating behind the defenseman and just get ready for it because I know what's coming. I know what's going through his head. <laughs> now I know what goes through Ford's head. All I'm thinking about is just stapling the guy to the board. So it's been really fun. I mean, I'm throwing a lot more hits than I am receiving hits, so I can't complain. Yeah, maybe there's a permanent transition. Maybe we'll see what you're working on. This. No, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see for sure. Hey, man, as long as you're playing hockey professionally, it's all good. Uh, we love watching you play. Hang with us for another segment. This is Utica Comets Insider with Stefan LeBlanc. Number three on your Utica Comets, by the way. Defenseman slash winger. And we'll be right back on 94.9 K-Rock. I'm here with my main man, and I got to know, how you going to do that hockey? Utica Comets Insider. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill, it's Rain Man and Scoop. On 94.9 K-Rock. Stefan LeBlanc with us, and we will have it podcasted after the broadcast. Apple, Google, Spotify, SoundCloud. Check all the social media links. If you miss it, at KROCKCNY on Twitter and elsewhere. Today is an unusual day with the trade deadline, Stefan. And, you know, I would kind of, you described it a little bit earlier off the air, but with all these transactions taking place, 
First off, I should probably mention that they papered Zach McEwen here. Uh, he'll be available. Uh, Jacob Markstrom with the Canucks, uh, three to four weeks, a knee injury. So there was a deal with the Devils and Louis Domingue brought into the fold. Jake Keeley called up here from Kalamazoo. Breezy and Grayevac recently have been returned. I think everything is now set. Now it has to be for the playoff push. Zane, now you know who the available players are. I think it's that simple. But Zane McIntyre goes to the New Jersey organization. Yep. So you guys had a practice this morning. I'm assuming Zane was there, and, and, and then you are done with that, and then all this sort of stuff happens. Are you at home uh, t- texting each other on the phone? Or, hey, did you hear Zane got... Yeah, we moved to New Jersey. How did that unfold for you guys? Well, we're just like fans. Like, we're on our phones. I think uh, when we got to the rink this morning, they put the TV on and everybody just watches all the trades. You see everything come in. Um, I was at home just on scrolling on Twitter when I saw the trade. And then a couple, maybe half hour later, Zane wrote into our group chat just saying, good luck, guys. All the best to you guys. And that's pretty much all it is. I mean... It's the business, you know. It's too bad that it happened. Zane was a really good guy in the room. Um, but it's just part of the business, and I'm sure we'll probably see him tomorrow, say our goodbyes, and just get back to work. And your situation coming from Toronto, you were telling us, and it, we talked to you last year, but I yeah. had forgotten that that was a Super Bowl weekend. So you actually got, because of that, maybe an extra day uh, to travel in that Tanner McMaster swing there. Yeah, no, it was... Uh, it actually worked out kind of nicely for me because Utica had a day off, so I got a, an extra day to gather my things. But usually it's a pretty pretty quick swing. I remember going to grab my gear in Toronto, and McMaster was already on the ice practicing. So it's that quick. I mean, it's, it's one phone call and usually 24 hours, and you're with a, a full new group of guys. So uh, it, it can be weird. You've got to be ready to travel light and move fast, you know. Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly it. Yeah, don't just bring a carry-on bag, basically. Yeah. I want to revisit what we discussed during the break, how you had talked about, so you're you're playing defense on the penalty kill and then jumping up and playing forward the rest of the game or in your normal five-on-five situations. And I said I said to you, you've got to be more mentally tired than physically tired by the time you, you get done, leave the rink, and you get home. Imagine a bus ride in that. I'd be mush by the time I got <laughs> off of that. But so you find yourself in that situation. Let's take you, take you back there. What do you do to just, you've got to shut the brain down, check out and regroup, like to just keep your sanity. That's, that's yeah. insane. I try not to think about it too much, to be honest. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm usually happy when a game has few penalties, so I don't got to always go back and forth. Yeah. It's, it's kind of comical because I'm sitting on the bench on the forward side and then we get a penalty and then I'll just walk my way down to the D <laughs> side and sit with the D, say hi to the boys over there. So hey, it's, they're it's, like, "Hey, where you been, man?" Yeah, that's actually that's exactly how it goes. Everybody like every, everybody gets a good chuckle out of it. But I mean, it's it's been working out lately, and uh, I like to get as much ice time as I can. So I'm definitely not going to say no to that opportunity. How about Justin Bailey coming back down here after his call up and just it, literally first game back, two goals. He's it's ridiculous well, what at, he's done. And after that hit, I mean, yeah, that yeah, was that like. Was, uh, that was bad. That was a high hit. I hated it. It was crap. I was angry. I yeah. was saying all sorts of unmentionables. Uh, but then to, for him to come back early in the second period, get some payback, and then get some more, uh, it was fantastic. It just seemed like 
the hockey gods were smiling on you. Galvanized the boys, so to speak, and fired you up a little bit. Go ahead. Yeah. No, he definitely didn't. uh, I think when he left, he was on a hot. He he was on a hot streak before he got called. He was. Yeah. And then he left for about a month, and he didn't really play all that much hockey. So when he came back down, we're like, all right, is he going to cool off, or is he not going to cool off? And then he gets hit in the first. I think he was more upset than anybody. He kind of just sat in a stall. He told us he was going to come back and that his head was okay, and he sat in a stall and didn't say a word. So you kind of knew he was going to come out with a vengeance, and then his first shift he scores. Their whole bench was giving it to him, too, saying that he dove and stuff like that. But he had a big gash on his face. It was a dirty hit. It, was, it almost looked like an MMA. It was like a reverse elbow to his head. Yeah, but, the highlights, you can go see the highlight. There was no dive involved no. in that whatsoever, and that's not even being a biased you and, know, and Comet the, supporter. And the second goal was really pretty. Yes, yeah, it was. Real nice. He's done that so many times this year. He just drives wide and then goes five-hole. Goalie's just got to watch the video. He's probably got like 10 or 15 goals just yeah. like that. So my boy Cole Lind, it's nice to see him pop a goal in Belleville too. He he was on fire for a while. He cooled off, and I kept saying, keep your eye on Cole Lind. You know, I don't know if he had a wall. I don't know if it was. Justin Bailey, his ju- big brother's back. Exactly. You know, they seem to really click together, and maybe you see his return. There's just some guys. You just develop a natural chemistry with it. It's just for some reason your games complement each other more. Those two being together just worked. And it, and it seemed like, man, Justin Bailey you know, picked up right where he left off. Well, here's Cole Lynn getting back and doing some Cole Lynn things that we've grown to expect the first half of the season. Yeah, it had been uh, January 18th since we got a goal out of Cole Lynn. So that was good to see. I mean, Cole Lynn still does the, uh, the Lindstigating as... Uh, Cody Severson has, has referred to it as at the Comets Harvest. They call a, him the Shaunavon Shift uh, Disturber. A, a great, a great bit of, uh, of description there, I think, from both uh, Corey Hergon and Cody. Have you heard but, those yet? Uh, I have not. You, Lind- take, you take those out of the ice in practice tomorrow. Have a little I fun will. with him. Lindstigating. I think that's that's and perfectly said. Shaunavon Shift, S-H-I-F-T, well, Disturber. You can use the other one if you want to. I'll use them both. Yeah, there you go. There's got to be something in the water in Shaunavon because him and Dice are always yeah. talking on the ice. They're both from that little town in Saskatchewan. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we talked to him about that. We had him in here a few weeks ago. It's kind of amazing if you think about it. They go from that little tiny town to this tiny little town and to be teammates and, and all that. It's, and what are the chances of that? You know, I mean, it's, the hockey community, it's, it's, it's big, but it's kind of small. It's amazing because yeah. you never know with trade deadlines and things like that where you're going to end up next. Uh, you've ended up in Utica, though, and you've, you've spent parts of two seasons here now. I assume you're a little bit more comfortable. You know the area a little bit more. I think we can ask you the question. We try to ask everybody, you know, when you're not at the rink, what are you doing in Utica? Are you going to the movies, certain restaurant you like to go to? If you've got a place you like to go hide out, you, you can keep that quiet on the QT, <laughs> but uh, how you like it? How you like in Utica? And are you running into the fans in the grocery store? Things like that. Yeah, I think it just depends on the day. I... Um Last year I was in the hotel for most of it because I was only here for the last quarter About of the year. About 25 games, yeah. But this year I actually got to move into a place. I live uh, down in Clinton in those uh, their new Hartford apartments. Oh, they're beautiful. Yeah. yeah, they're really nice. They're brand new, so that's been really nice. I got my girlfriend came down and lived with me, so I got her to hang out with. We have three guys, me, Blue, Just, and Rafferty all live in the same building, so we always, we're always usually doing stuff. But whether it's the movies or we went bowling on, on the weekend, just getting out in the community has been it's been really fun i've enjoyed it would you guys be the type of guys that might say get the uh, wilder fury fight and get together or is it maybe a video game thing or 
what do you guys do to just yeah. it's not hockey um usually every fight that goes on we have a, a team thing and we watch it we're big into the the ufc i remember mcgregor fought and then john, yeah. john bones jones fought so we, we always get together for things like that just depends on our schedule really if we're on the road or if we're at home getting to know number three stefan leblanc of the utica comments here at 94.9 k-rock with utica comments insider at the 72 tavern and grill a favorite thing that you do maybe a go-to thing that you do to decompress clear your head of the hockey and just sort of change the frame of reference so you can kind of go forward with a, a fresh perspective on everything uh, i like going to I, i'm a big casino guy i like going to play blackjack uh i think another thing i don't know why i didn't mention this we play poker all the time so we probably uh, almost i'm gonna say two three times a week after practice we have the one house it's we call it the frat house it's colin stevenson elliot heavy i think that's it i don't know if i'm missing anybody but all guys that aren't married all guys kids. Yeah. well it's it's kind of crazy on this is the first team i've been on almost everybody's had got a girlfriend i think there's five or six guys on our team that are single so it's been really different for me i've never played on a team like that but that's the house that usually has all the guys for the fights and we call it the frat house so how do you assess the development of Michael DiPietro from the beginning of the season to where we are now? We've, we've noticed, and we talked off the break, it was kind of telling with the Louis Domingue trade here at the deadline and the moves that Vancouver made that have filtered down and Jake Keeley getting the call up. But the goal is, dude's got to play. It's that simple, and he's gotten better and better and better. We're big fans of Michael DiPietro. It's, just, it's impossible to dislike him in every way. But he's a good young goalie, and man, what a career he's got in front of him. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, he's been so good for us, especially as of late. I mean, like you said, I think his game's just gotten better and better. I've actually I played against him my whole career in the OHL, so I've I've known how good he was. I knew what he was capable of. So, uh, but no, like you said, I think he's he's been really good, and he's only getting better. I think he established himself as our number one, and I think they're starting to roll with him now. And I'm looking forward to what he's going to do for us in the future. What's he's like? What what is he like when you're shooting on him in practice? Is he? Is he? Uh, I mean, it's a friendly thing because it's you guys. It's, it's, he jaw at you. I he mean, chats, it's, it's yeah, because he's not chirps. that friendly with him. He's <laughs> one of the most competitive goalies I've ever played against, but. As a shooter and as a player, we love it because he competes on every single puck, whether it's in practice or in a game. He's always going to be the guy that wants to play rebound or, or take breakaways at the end of practice. And as shooters, you, you love that. You love to have a goalie that wants to be out there and wants to get better. So uh, he's been great. I got an idea for you. So he has told us, we've had him on a couple of times. We've interviewed him a handful of times this year already. He sings a lot. I, I don't know if you've, you've heard about that. He sings to himself during the games like, you know, teams at the other end of the ice in the Ozone, and he's back there singing a song to himself, getting ready, waiting for the action to come back down. So he's a big country guy. So when you're in practice, you're shooting at him. Every time you skate by him, sing a song he doesn't like and see if you can get that earworm trapped in there. It'll distract him and get him off his game. I highly doubt it's going to work, but it's just something that you can roll I, I with. Might, I honestly we're, might have to. We're instigating, we're linstigating a lot of crap for practice tomorrow with Stefan LeBlanc. Man, it's always great to talk to you. we got to take a break. We're going to let you get out of here, but we appreciate the time. Keep enjoying playing forward. Just go have fun and play hockey. Playoff push is on. If you remember to have fun, I think it makes it a little bit easier to get out there, stay loose, and win some games. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. We'll be right back. This is 94.9 K-Rock. The Voice, Joe Roberts, will be on with us next. Actually, I should say, I think he's the public address announcer for UCFC now, but we'll ask. Hang on.
Let's do that hockey. Utica Comets Insider. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill on 94.9 K-Rock. And now our Comets Insider Grind Line with Rain Man the Rocket, Scoop the Cement Head, and play-by-play voice, Joe Cujo Roberts. He's actually the public address announcer for Utica City FC. I think that was a one-off, but let's find out for sure. Joe, welcome to Utica Comets Insider. Uh, you had a lot of fun. I, I heard you take a little bit of a troll, a live troll in the arena uh, right here at the ABC when Rochester scored. Everybody was loving what you did, man. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I was kind of joking with some people that uh, indoor soccer is sort of like wrestling where the result is predetermined and we're all just following the script. Uh, which is only partially true. Uh, the results in the field is not actually predetermined, but, uh, you know, I, I, I like to have fun, and uh, there's no shame in my game. So whenever they give a chance to stick a microphone in my face, I'm going to make the most of it. So uh, why waste that opportunity? Joe, uh, give me a couple of your highlights of the Trent Cull Show, which is brought to you by Blend on our brother station ESPN Utica Rome every Monday. It actually precedes us over here at the 72 from 78. You're on with color from six to seven. Yeah, he was uh, he was fun to talk to. You know, he's fun to talk to every week. I must say, he when he lets his hair down, he's really uh, he, he can really be uh, a wildly entertaining individual. And while he he gives us um, you know he he gives us coach speak because he has a job and assets to protect, but. Uh, he also kind of tells us like it is quite a bit, and it's a, a little refreshing because um, he kind of spares us some of the BS that you know you get from a lot of coaches when you talk to them. So um, while, like I said, he he protects his players, he protects his team, uh, and he protects the organization, but he also gives us insight that uh, you probably just wouldn't get anywhere else. So uh, we have a lot of fun putting it together. The highlight of the episode, I think, was talking about what happened in the world of hockey with the uh, Ovi reaching 700 goals and the uh, emergency backup goaltender story uh, with Carolina and Toronto. So he had a good, um, a good e-bug story or two. And, um, you know, again, it's just fun. He's, he's, he's played a lot of hockey. He's coached a lot of hockey. He's been in this business for a long, long time. So he's kind of got a story for everything. And uh, when he busts those out, they're usually uh, good for a, a laugh or two. So the game on Friday night, was fantastic. Probably the best hockey game this team has played in the month of February. Uh, great to get a win in Belleville against a team who I think they, they'd only lost two out of their last ten, and I think they had a streak of seven wins before that, and that's how they got out to this lead. But the Comets really put everything together, and it, it was just a fantastic effort. Some of your uh, thoughts and, and takeaways from that game. Well, I said to Trent, I'm like, hey, listen, man, like, why, why are you making it seem like it's so challenging? The, the, the recipe is easy. All you need is your best players to be your best players. You need scoring from the fourth line, and you need 30 saves from your goalie. I'm like, that, it's not that hard, right? You can get that anytime. Um, obviously, that, that doesn't happen every single night, but I think it was just balanced. I think it was a, a, an insanely balanced effort. Um, top to bottom, everybody sort of pulled their weight, and, and we're moving in the same direction. And um, it's amazing how effective and successful you can be when everybody's rowing in the same direction. So that was what I thought I saw on Friday in Belleville. Um, you know, and, and it was just a, a hockey team that looked refreshed 
hockey team that looks like they belonged uh, and a hockey team that looks like they could be a team that's going to uh, do everything it takes to hold on to their spot in the top four in the North Division. So the fourth line, and we and talk about Stefan LeBlanc a little bit and just the energy that they brought to that game. Uh, it was really noticeable in the first period. They set the tone, and they seem to do that. They, they get out there and they hit guys. And then uh, they're kind of they're they're kind of here they're hearing uh, skated footsteps, if you will. Well, I think what's interesting about a line like that, and I think just sort of fourth lines in general, I, you know, just uh, if you want to, I guess, sort of talk about the yin and yang of a fourth line and a first line. Uh, first line is expected to go out there and create a number of scoring chances, right? Two, three, four at a time on each given shift, and uh, the the fourth line is sort of keep the puck in the zone for check. Try to cycle it along the wall, and if you get one scoring chance or even one quality shot on net, it's a damn good shift. So I think what those guys do is they keep the puck in the zone. If you watch when they play, most of their shifts are played in the other team's zone, and there's a lot of value to that. You keep their D-men out there for a long time. You hit them. You make them realize that they don't want to be out there when you're out there. And you create a scoring chance or two, and when you can cash in, and uh, like uh, Seamus Malone did on the feed from LeBlanc after a steal, uh, and you know forcing a turnover, and that's a best case scenario for a fourth liner. So we've discussed David Ayers a little bit. Uh, so you kind of preempted one of our questions, which is totally cool. There was a great discussion with Culler on that, and I wanted to point out Trent Cull's show with Joe is at ESPNUR.com if you want to look in the podcast. That is up and available if you'd like to give it a full listen, and I highly recommend that you do. So that brings us to the trade. Uh, Jacob Markstrom, her up in Vancouver. Zane's been traded for Louis Domingue now, which means Jake Keeley called up from Kalamazoo, a place that you're familiar with, Joe. And Scoop and I had speculated, hmm, I'm wondering, does that mean we get Bacher back? And then Zach McEwen papered down today here as we've passed the trade deadline. You know we're set with Breezy and Gravac back down here. And overall, majority of the team other than David Pope was on the ice practicing today. So they're getting healthy at the right time. I'll put that all together for me. What are your thoughts on this team moving forward with this playoff push? Uh, well, this is it, right? This is the team. Uh, so I think that was, there's a couple things that were sort of shown in today. One, um, I don't know if you guys listened to the, to the uh, Trent Call show, if you did partially or, or in its entirety, but he said he felt like he was introduced to a brand-new team today because David Pope was the only person that didn't skate. Uh, the injuries are starting to sort themselves out. The bodies that have been sent down as of late are starting to sort of fill in the lineup, and he had five full lines of forwards at practice today, uh, which obviously gets him very excited. So as far as the trade goes, you know, uh, I, I think that what they wanted to do uh, in Vancouver was find somebody who could be a serviceable backup to uh, Demmer and, and, and keep in mind what Deming did with Tampa Bay last year. Obviously, uh, he had a really good team in front of him. I think he was like 21-5 and five last year, uh, backing up Vasilevsky in, in Tampa Bay. So he's a guy who we've seen, obviously, quite a bit in the division, and uh, I think he's a darn good goalie. Uh, right-handed catching goalie, solid netminder. Um, I, I, I would like to, to say, you know, it's a tough business, isn't it? Uh, thank God they can't trade radio guys uh, or, you know, 
they can't trade Comets insider hosts because that hurts. Uh, so I bumped into Zane when he was coming to pick up his things, and uh, I just wanted to thank him and, and, and appreciate him uh, for being the consummate pro that he was because that's what he is. So um, I, I wish him the best of luck in Binghamton, and, and I hope that he can be really successful as he embarks on a new sort of uh, chapter of his pro career with the Devils. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, this is it, right? The team you see on the ice for the most part is is pretty much going to be – the team that's going to have to make the push, maybe you, you get a treat and get McEwen down the stretch or, or, uh, you know, whatever that may look like. But I think that, uh, it, it, the, the, these are the guys that you're going to want to go into the fire with. And, um, I like it. I, I think it's a solid group of players, young, old, uh, experienced, uh, inexperienced, high skill, high energy, et cetera. I, I think it's a good mix. And, uh, these next couple weeks, you know, they said Markstrom's out three or four weeks. These next three or four weeks, you have to imagine that similar to how things have been going as of late, Trent Cole is going to ride Mikey DiPietro um, and keep cracking the whip on the young thoroughbred and, and see what he's made of. So um, a lot is going to be learned about this team in the next three or four weeks is um, you sort of think that things will shake out where Deming will eventually come down to Utica. So um, it, it's just, uh, I, I say three or four weeks, uh, you know, the next nine or 10 games is going to make a huge, huge difference as things progress. So we we did speak with Zane McIntyre a couple months back on Utica Comets Insider. We'll dig that out. We've got to reshare the podcast for that. So people, Comets fans, I'm sure you would, would love to hear that in case you missed it. We'll it's get that done. It's interesting, too, because that we have Jake Keeley coming here. They're going to have a chance to practice with him, see what he's got. You know, even while riding DiPietro yeah. in net, they could kind of see what they've got with him and make some decisions. Do we keep him here? Do we send him back? You know, uh, do, do we want to bring Bacher back? Yeah. Is Domingo going to come down here? I mean, those are all possibilities, you know. They definitely are. Last thing for you, Joe, real quick. It's a, it's a super easy answer. How is Mrs. Roberts and Nora doing? Well, uh, they're doing really, really good, and I'm sure they'll be happy to know that I'm going to dial back and, and, and realize that I forgot to answer the Bachman question. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him uh, when the Swedish season comes to a close. That's just my gut feeling. Uh, baby's doing great. Nora's doing excellent. Mom Jessica's doing uh, wonderful as well. Uh, life's good, and I know you guys know that. Uh, life's beautiful, and, and uh, we're just enjoying the ride. Awesome. Joe, thanks for the time, as always. We'll talk to you very soon. Up next, Comets Corey Hergott from Canucks Army. Got a few interesting questions to ask him for you Comets fans with a Vancouver twist in perspective on 94.9 K-Rock. And now our Comets Insider Grind Line with Rain Man the Rocket and Scoop the Cement Head. Joining us now from CanucksArmy.com, Corey Hergott. And Corey, what an interesting day today. And I saw you tweeted, I mean, essentially... Uh, our Utica Comets are intact. Uh, you were wondering, you know, would they paper Zach McEwen down? That has happened. And then we find out that Jacob Markstrom's got a, a, a knee issue. Sort of sum up what we've all learned today here, Corey. Oh, sorry, guys. I can hardly hear you there. Um, I'm, assu- I'm assuming we're talking about what that? happened today with the... Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm I, I, you were asking about what happened with the trade deadline today and the Comets uh, remained intact. Yeah, I was kind of, you know, reiterating and uh, paraphrasing your, your tweets from earlier today, your curiosity initially that 
you know, would this team stay intact? Would there be a, a Sven Berchi deal? Would Nikolai Goldobin stay here? I mean, all those things were question marks 24 hours ago. They were. They were all distinct possibilities. And I can remember doing uh, an episode of this show with you guys early on in the season. And I think at that time you had asked me uh, who would be the, the top three scorers with the comments this season. And I had, had kind of had Boucher and McEwen, and I can't remember who the third one was in there, but uh, I didn't have guys like Berchi or, uh, or Goldobin involved in that because I assumed one or both would end up, you know, back up with the Canucks or traded to another team before the season ended. So the fact that we're sitting here, you know, closing out February and we've got uh, a Comets roster that still has, after the deadline, uh, you know, Sven Berchi, Nikolai Goldobin, Reed Boucher, Justin Bailey. Uh, you know, these are very, very big pieces that are going to help this team going forward if they can make it into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, that's it's a really, really good uh, problem to have right now for Trent Cull and his coaching staff. They've got uh, a full complement of, what is it, uh, I think eight veterans now, so they're going to have the uh, two veterans sitting on most nights. Um, so that's that's a, a good problem for them to have because they've got a pretty good group of veterans there to, to choose from. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens here uh, the rest of the way. I think there are 22-ish games left, and five of those are against Syracuse. So those are 10 points up for grabs Uh that the, the Comets are really going to need to uh, focus in on those Syracuse games and, and get every point they can out of, the, out of them. I think they've got three games in hand now over uh, Syracuse as well, which is a little bit, uh, little bit of a flip from where the Comets have been to this point in the season. They've played so many games. Yeah, Stefan LeBlanc had mentioned that there's three games in hand now with Syracuse. You're correct on that number. And they've creeped up to fourth in the division behind the Comets, if I do yes. believe. Yes, uh, I think I read that, or I think I saw that a little bit earlier. Corey, I want to I bring your attention to a couple of other transactions from a couple days back, and that would be Guillaume Brisebois being returned. You had commented, I, I read a couple of your tweets, uh, as Scoop had, where you had said you just see some differences in his game. Even though he didn't play up there, practicing with those guys every day, you saw a little bit of growth in his game. And more importantly, Tyler Gravac. That was one name I wanted to bring up because it's the first time we've mentioned him tonight. Yeah. And you've seen him, Corey. We haven't seen him uh, that much here, you know. And, I mean, first of all, you talk about his size. Uh, he, He was contributing a bit before he initially was called up and then hurt, so he's missed a lot of time. But a big centerman, a natural center on this team in this playoff push, and he's going to be there if he remains healthy. He could be a factor yeah. down the stretch and in the playoffs for this team. So take care of those two for us. Well, I mean, that's uh, getting Tyler Grayovac down here at this time of year. That's almost like a trade deadline addition for the Comets. He's probably going to have a bit of rust on him that he's going to have to shake off. He's, he's missed a lot of time uh, with that. I think he had a broken foot. Um, but as you said, there's a guy who's a, a natural centerman. He's put up uh, 50 point seasons in the American Hockey League before, so he's going to be, a, you know, potentially be a big shot in the arm for this team. He's a guy who can uh, take a role on the power play. He's a guy who can take a role on the penalty kill. He's an all situations sort of player once he's, uh, you know, back up to speed and, and uh, ready to p- play a, a full game again. I think uh, he's a guy that can certainly help this team out. I I tweeted out earlier today that uh, this is about as strong as the Comets uh, center depth has been all year. 
if Trent Cole looks down his bench and he's got Carter Camper and Tyler Grailvac and Lucas Yashik and uh, John Stevens there that he can tap on the shoulder as his centerman. And then, oh yeah, you've also got Wacey Hamilton, who's a fantastic, uh, you know, bottom of the roster centerman who can move up and, and play with the higher end players when needed. Uh, Carter Banks can play the middle if he, if needed. Uh, 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 Seamus Malone can move to the middle. Uh, Dyson Stevenson can move to the middle if needed. So, uh, you know, the, this roster's got some options and some good depth going into the playoffs if they can get there. And uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I think the with a roster of players available to them, the addition of, uh, of Doming, I mean, he will be uh, down in Utica at some point, And uh, I think he's an upgrade on Zane McIntyre. I think Zane's a great guy and a great goalie, but uh, I think Doming is a is an upgrade on him. So, going into the playoffs with uh, Mikey Di Pietro and Louis Doming and and the roster players available uh, potentially, this could be a really really strong uh, year for the Comets in the playoffs. I'm really looking forward to it. Where where, where do you think Jake Keeley and Richard Bachman fit into that whole picture? Well, I think we'll see Bachman back at the end of the season. When I uh, spoke with Trent Cole uh, a little over a week ago, he he mentioned that he's looking forward to uh, getting uh, Richard Bachman back here if they can get into the playoffs and have, and extend their season. He wants uh, Bachman to be part of that. So we will see him back at the end of the season if uh, if the Comets make it into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, this will be maybe a chance for Jake Kiley to get some minutes at the American Hockey League level. We haven't seen that yet from him. He's had a bit of an up-and-down season in, in Kalamazoo, but uh, the ECHL, uh, that can be a pretty tough level for goaltenders to play at because games don't quite have the same sort of structure as they do at the American League and at the NHL level. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. He had some really, really strong numbers in college. He's a very, very sharp kid, uh, very, very bright, and uh, I think he's uh, in like, kind of like Thatcher Demko. He's a bit of a student of the game, so... Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring to the table if he gets some some minutes with the team. And uh, I seem to remember right now with Kalamazoo, he's about a four a point something GAA. And, and thank you. I didn't know how to say his name. Kylie, Jay Kylie. So I guess, well, you know, I, one of the things I mentioned earlier was that the Comets will get to see what he's got in practice, uh, you know, at the worst, that you're, you're going to get a chance to see what he's got. 397 goals against average. Well, you got to figure also, he, it's not like he's going to have the quality of defense in front of him in at that yeah, level true, in too. the ECHL. It's been all about goalies, goalies, goalies. We're up against our final break. Corey, Corey Herr got with Canucks Army on 94.9 K-Rock here on Utica Comets Insider. But it's been just a day of goalies, the trade deadline and goalies. We've been hearing a lot about them, especially in the world of the Canucks and the Comets. But we've got to ask you, David Ayers, the Zamboni driving goalie. I mean, this is you, Corey. Uh, you must you must have a bond for, with this guy. I mean, what an amazing story from the kidney transplant to getting in that game, to beating the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're selling his jersey. While, while wearing a Marley's uh, helmet, too. Yeah, you, know. you heard me run through the itinerary of media appearances in the last two days for that guy. It's just a remarkable story. And it, it, made, it actually took hockey into the mainstream as opposed to out of the world of just hockey fans. So the last comment on that's yours. Well, I heard you say it earlier, Rain. Uh, hockey is, a, is a, like it's a big world, but it's a small world as well. I mean, when you've got that, that fella there that, uh, 
you know, he's got a similar experience in life to, to myself, uh, you know, a Zamboni driving uh, a goaltender who's had some health issues like that sort of a thing. Uh, he's a guy that Trent Call has had experience with. Stefan LeBlanc's had experience with him. Uh, small world in hockey. I think it's a fantastic story. Uh, I mean, who wouldn't love to do that? Go in and, uh, you know, get an NHL win as a 42-year-old Zamboni driver uh, against the team that actually employs you. I think that's just, <laughs> the whole story is just absolutely fantastic. I love it. I was I was saying to Scoop earlier, it was like some Seinfeld Bizarro World stuff. That's what I felt like. Uh, but we appreciate the time, Corey. Have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you very soon. Utica Comments Insider 72 Tavern and Grill. Be back again to do it again next Monday at 7 o'clock. And it re-airs on our brother station tomorrow at 6 if you want to give it a listen on the radio. Otherwise, stay tuned for the podcast. It'll be everywhere. The last words always scoops on 94.9 K-Rock. Go Comets! The 72 Tavern and Grill, serving you sports on their 160-inch high-definition video wall and numerous TVs throughout the restaurant, showing you all the sporting events you want to see. Mouth-watering meals, sandwiches, and popular menu items like cable bacon, wings, and buffalo nachos. The 72 Tavern and Grill, with a full bar, a great place to meet friends or schedule your event. Like them on Facebook, online at 72tavernandgrill.com. At the Adirondack Bank Center, the 72 Tavern and Grill, serving you sports. 72tavernandgrill.com. We all go, why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At Charmin, we believe everyone deserves a better bathroom experience. That's why we make irresistibly soft and absorbent toilet paper, so you always get a comfortable clean.